That's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. We're back! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully a historical comeback. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith, usually with you mornings, Monday through Friday from 6 till 9 on WJR. But here with you right now with Bud Denker, chairman of the Detroit Grand Prix and president of Penske Corporation. Eric Larson will check in. He's the CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. And finally, Mark Hollis, the COO of Rock Ventures. It's all about talking about Detroit. It's all about Opportunity Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. First up on Opportunity Detroit, an old friend who has done so many good things in and around our area. And much of it has to do, I mean, the most obvious thing is tied in to the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. And that could be the Grand Premier that's raised millions of dollars for charities, or it could be the races out there on on Belle Isle that's going to change, as we know, in a very big way. Bud Denker serves as chairman of all of these great events, and he's on the other end of my line right now. Bud, nice to have you on Opportunity Detroit, as always. Thank you, Paul, for the invitation, and it's always good to be um, part of the show and also to assist our friends at uh, at Rocket also, I know, who provide sponsorship and uh, the backing for this opportunity as well. In this conversation, uh, Bud Denker, we're talking mostly about you being chairman of the Detroit Grand Prix, if you will. But I wanted uh, for our listeners to know a little bit more about you and your background, which is uh, very broad. Yeah, it's um, um, broad uh, responsibility here, I'd say, as well. You mentioned it, uh, Paul, but uh, my title is president of the Penske Corporation, um, executive vice president for uh, Penske Automotive Group, um, but also for Team Penske and also now Penske Entertainment, uh, a business we bought two years ago, which includes the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar Series. But uh, I also oversee all the human resource functions for the company. So we've got 66,000 people now working for our company around the globe, uh, many continents, many countries. Um, uh, A company is about $33 billion in size and uh, uh, publicly traded on the automotive side, privately held on the transportation side, of course, privately held on on the entertainment side, including Team Penske and also Penske Entertainment. So a very broad portfolio. And uh, I guess it's best that uh, I, I represent the company. Uh, of course, Roger is our leader. Roger is my boss. And, uh, and also provide a lot of what we do in Detroit in terms of support, whether it be to the Regional Chamber of Commerce, to the DDP, to the Parade Company, the Grand Prix, anything else we do um, that involves Detroit, I'm usually involved with as well, too. So I'm, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. And um, for the opportunity, I've got a great team around me and a great team at Penske Corporation that does what we do every day. Well, we are blessed and lucky to have you uh, doing what you do and what you continue to do uh, with Roger Penske. We go back to Roger and the Super Bowl and all kinds of good things. We're just lucky that uh, though you guys are not born and raised Detroiters, you absolutely are Detroiters and extremely important to the success of Detroit. Last year, uh, with COVID, you put a race together on Belle Isle with the, the COVID precautions implemented, uh, limited capacity, 
no live music, which is a part of the fun of the events. What are we doing this year? Are we going to have to face still some COVID precautions, or are we going to broaden what we're offering? No, we're definitely broad what we're offering, Paul, with the with the changes in the with what's happened in our country and COVID, and still ensuring obviously a safe environment. Um, we'll have no restrictions relative to the number of people. We'll have no restrictions relative to testing or masking or any of those things. People can obviously do what they want to do relative to those precautions. But last year we only had six thousand people per day on the island. Indianapolis we only had one hundred and thirty-five thousand people per day. You say only, right? One hundred and thirty-five thousand. Um, and this year, I expect we'll be back to the thirty to 40,000 people a day levels we have been in the past. In fact, our ticket sales um, show us that we're, we're well over 2019 ticket sales. In fact, we're having to build an extra grandstand as we speak in the front straightaway to handle the demand and tickets this year. So wow. I, I think it shows us, Paul, and also at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we expect to have between 290 and 305,000 people on race day. Um, which is just amazing, the largest sporting event, uh, once again, in the world. And it shows us that people want to get back to the traditions, traditions they love, they cherish with family and friends, and they get out and enjoy life again after two difficult years. And we're providing that here in Detroit with the Detroit Grand Prix uh, just a week after Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we can't wait to have it. We're preparing for it now. And, um, but first off, we have the Indy 500 coming up here very shortly. And then right after that, of course, we're racing on the uh, streets of Belle Isle. Well, and and we're referring to Bud Denker as chairman of the Detroit Grand Prix, and he has happily explained that his bigger title is president of Penske Corporation, uh, Penske Entertainment, Pen- Penske Racing. I mean, there there are all kinds of things. And, and for those who don't know, uh, Penske Corporation, Roger Penske, Bud Denker, purchased the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And so the Indy 500... Uh, is is a Michigan event just as much as it is an Indianapolis event. And uh, when you hear him say 305,000 people, he's not kidding. That's an unbelievable group of people gathering in America for any event, let alone a sporting event. And I should let you know, too, having been to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, it, it's, a, it's a grand, iconic speedway that was tired. It was a little tired. I'm not. I hope I'm not being blasphemous when I say that, but but you guys stepped up and stepped in, and this place is so incredibly. I'll use an old expression: spruced up, and better than it's ever been. I'm sure you're proud about that. Well, we, we're very proud of it, Paul. I think if anybody hasn't been there in a while, if they went down there, um, they're going to see the changes that have been made. We, we've spent. Despite these COVID years, over $30 million of capital improvements on in the Speedway. All wow. customer guest experience. And the guest was the first thing we spent the money on, the bathrooms. <laughs> the bathrooms. We went in every bathroom. There are over 100 bathrooms, by the way, on in the Speedway. And we walked every one of them, Roger, myself, and our team. Concession stands. That was the next thing we did. Okay, they had to be fixed up as well, too. What next? Well, we put in big screen TVs everywhere around the place to ensure that anybody there, all 300,000 people, can always understand what's going on around the facility. Wayfinding, uh, just a tremendous, I bet you we put in 100,000 gallons of PPG paint around the facility to make it look better. And, and the grass there, you think you're looking at Augusta National and how beautiful <laughs> the grass is and maintained. And remember, there are four golf holes inside the speedway. That's how big the place is. <laughs> wow. And uh, those look amazing as well. So we're proud of what we've done. 
um, were there every single week. Every single week, Roger and or myself are there. We couldn't be prouder. I, I love the purchase of the Speedway because every time Roger walks on that sacred ground, his step gets about a foot higher in mm-hmm. his kick and his energy. And it's made us all better. It's made us all younger. And uh, we're proud to own this iconic, iconic facility. He remembers well his first visit there as a child with his father. And now to be the owner has got to be just an amazing feeling. And to be able to be the steward of this iconic uh, raceway and make it better uh, has got to make all of you feel very, very good. Now we come back to our Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Final time on the island, Belle Isle. Next time, it will be through the streets of Detroit like it used to be, which I remember well and loved and uh, and I'm looking forward to again. But anything special, what are some of the, the activations, I think you call them, the off-track activations that will be featured this year without the uh, constraints of COVID on Belle Isle? Well, you mentioned a couple of things, Paul, already. We're, we're going to bring back the activities, including concerts, uh, back to the island because people want to make this an event, not just a race. It needs to be an entertainment event, and we're going to make that happen again this year. We're moving the concert stage, though, to be adjacent to the Scott Fountain, Scott Fountain being one of the most iconic structures and figures on that island. Which wouldn't be running without you guys. <laughs> In fact, uh, we were down the island just uh, yesterday with Jim Campbell of Chevrolet, and we turned the fountain on for the first time to be sure that our folks, Robert Carpenter and DTE, have it going. But you're right. Uh, if it wasn't for us being there, um, you can imagine this thing being dry all summer long. So that'll be that'll be something new, the concert's back again around the Scott Fountain area. But we're also going to focus on the legacy and history of racing on Belle Isle. We'll have a, a legacy pavilion um, that'll have a lot of the archives from the past races over the last 30 years there, including Edo Castroneves' 2002 winning car, where he climbed the fence and became known as Spider-Man. <laughs> and uh, one of his traditions he always does when he wins. That car will be on display as well, which we own. And uh, so a lot of artifacts there celebrating the history of Belle Isle. But we're also going to be looking forward, as you said, too. We're looking forward. We're planning for next year's race to be on the streets of Detroit, which is going to be just an amazing event for our city, an amazing event for the sport, um, but also an amazing event for our communities as we bring them together next year in downtown Detroit. So many uh, fine memories. I, I smile when, when you mention Elio Castroneves. And then, of course, we all helped him. <laughs> we all voted for him on my uh, morning show. We voted for him on Dancing with the Stars. And he won. And so I never, I never let him forget that whenever I see him. Uh, but some great memories and great times. With that thought in mind, is there anything special? Maybe it's a surprise you can't tell me. Anything special that will happen being your last time on the on the island or anything else that uh, that is important to note i think when you come down people come down to the island and see what we're doing there in terms of the preparation for it um we also want to highlight what we've given back remember uh, millions of dollars thirteen and a half million dollars of infrastructure improvements we've made to the island uh, i bet you'll be spent over a million dollars if we added it all up on the scott fountain just getting it to where it is i was down yesterday we're, we're repainting the casino uh, once again, fixing the the, the, the the roof right now and the ceilings so that people can use it for weddings through the course of the summer. Imagine if we weren't there, um, those things may not get done properly as we do it. But the Michigan Department of Natural Resources does a great job. So you'll see that. And we're also going to have a little surprise event I'll mention to you now. Uh, on the Monday after our race, we're going to take some drivers and some celebrities. And we're going to drive off the island, off the MacArthur Bridge, down Jefferson Avenue, 
stop on Jefferson Avenue in front of the Rensen to celebrate that we've arrived downtown again. And it's oh. a year away. Oh. We're going to race downtown Detroit. So I got a chill. Symbolic I, got, yeah. I got a chill, bud. That's beautiful. And I'm glad cool. that, uh, that you reminded, as I will uh, time and time again, the millions of dollars that you put into fixing up Belle Isle stays there. It, those those improvements are there forever. And now I hope that the uh, that the gem and the jewel of Belle Isle will live strong with all of the things you invested in it and that people will continue uh, to uh, enjoy it and uh, take care of it and love it. But I do love the fact that then there'll be that parade uh, coming down Jefferson and, and basically saying, hey, Detroit, we're back in the city and we've got a year to be ready and it's going to be fabulous. Indeed it will be, Paul. And with your help also at the grand premiere again this year, we're we're going to raise a lot of money for Michelle Hodges and the Bell Out Conservancy. We, we handed her a check last year of $640,000 wow. to assist her. And I hope we can raise more money for her this year and as a final year on Bell Isle. So, uh, but uh, Bell Isle is a gem. The interesting fact, Bell Isle was the second most visited state park in the country behind Niagara Falls. The second most visited. That's incredible. That's amazing last year. It is. So we, so we owe it to, to the island to, to make it better. We've made it better, and the DNR is making it better, and uh, we plan to make it better again by raising a lot of money again at the, at the, at the Grand Premier, which you're going to host for us once again just before that Grand Prix weekend. Bud Denker, chairman of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, presented by Lear, uh, president of Penske Corporation, and so much more. All-round good guy, by the way. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at uh, Grand Premier and at the races. Thank you, Bud, very much. Thanks, Paul. All the best and great day. As we continue on WJR. As we continue on Opportunity Detroit, it's great to turn to our old friend Eric Larson, CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. Now, I've worked with Eric for years and admired him and his work uh, uh, as, uh, you know, he's a founder of Larson Realty Group, privately owned company engaged in real estate, investment development, asset management, and leasing. Uh, and he's uh, such a big and important part of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. But, but uh, Eric, welcome to the program. And for those people who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, Paul W., it's so good to be with you. And yes, we have we have uh, you know spent a lot of time together, and and thankfully had some uh, not only great times but also some real success. And and I think it's really that partnership that brought me uh, to not only the downtown Detroit partnership, but just the overall sort of community engagement that both of us find so rewarding. Um, so you know, I I actually did not grow up in Detroit. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast. Uh, came to Detroit. Uh, later in my life, uh, through a real estate company based in Houston, Hines, to build one Detroit center, which was the first high-rise uh, to be built in the downtown in, I think, uh, something like 40 years. Uh, and then, you know, realized that this was a really unique community and one that I wanted to stick with. And so I've been here ever since. And that was in the mid-'80s and, and have not left. Um, and as you had suggested, you know, I've had the, the, real, the real benefit of uh, not only – being part of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, which is the organization that stewards so many of the activities in the core of our city and is led by the, the business, public, and foundation leadership in our community. Uh, but I also have had some fun doing some real estate projects like uh, the, re the redevelopment of the old 
Tiger Stadium and a few other things uh, around the region. So been uh, blessed with, you know, with, uh, you know, being part of a, an incredible community and, and surrounded by great friends like you. Well, and you've, uh, you've worked hard. You have done a great job of tirelessly uh, making downtown an easier place to do business, uh, simpler to navigate, uh, safer, more inviting place to visit and live. Uh, and as an advocate of business, you were right out there pitching for Detroit to get the 2024 NFL draft, and it's happened, and we have it. So from your vantage point, uh, I'm wondering, Eric Larson, how you see this impacting downtown Detroit and the surrounding areas. Yeah, I mean, Paul, the, the downtown Detroit partnership actually is an organization that has been around for 100 years, and, and our focus has always been in not, you know, supplementing or, you know, replacing the activities that, you know, the public sector and city services are required, but really augmenting that and creating, you know, more of a sustained environment for opportunities like what we now are talking about in the draft. And so, you know, while I don't know that everything that we've done over the hundred years led up to the draft, a good bit of it has. And if you think about the backdrop that we all have created for any of these large events, uh, whether it's through the public spaces, whether it's through the consistency and and strength of our leadership, both you know private sector and public sector, if it's uh, you know through the investments that have been made to both improve but also attract, all of that has led to this. And and I have to you know give a big shout out, obviously, to the Detroit the the sport Detroit Sports Commission, uh, you know led obviously. Um, you know, you know, by uh, Mark Hollis, um, but also visit Detroit uh, and Claude Molinari and his team. You know that that uh, uh, that group really put this uh, host uh, committee together uh, with the city of, of Detroit. And what these sports events, Paul, we've talked about this. I mean, what they mean for a community is not just. Uh, the visibility. Um, we've all said that it's incredibly important for people to actually come and experience Detroit, not here through what is often the mainstream media's sort of tainted vision of Detroit or past, you know, reality of Detroit. We have to get people here, and these kinds of events are so critical in being able to expose Detroit and the progress that we've made and the opportunity that exists. Uh, so that that one is is critical. I think the other is it's a real uh, opportunity for the um, for the community to continue to come together to make some really lasting uh, improvements uh, and and investments in our community. You know these events require a big buildup in order to host them, and you know we have been very smart in when we make those investments that those investments aren't just for the three days, for instance, with the draft that it's going to be here, but they last well beyond. And then last, you know, there is a huge economic uh, impact opportunity. And, and you know, it, it, can't, it can't be underscored. Um, you know, in Nashville, they projected $260 million economic impact uh, and over 600,000 visitors. I think we're going to, you know, I obviously am biased, but I think we're going to exceed every bit of what Nashville was able to do because, Detroit is a sports town. It's within 500 miles of most of the major, you know, uh, uh, sporting uh, teams. And I think that uh, we're going to do a great job of pulling uh, people in here to see Detroit in in a way they haven't seen it before. No doubt about it. And uh, in your capable hands, Eric Larson, CEO, Downtown Detroit Partnership. Tell us about some of the other exciting things that will be returning to downtown Detroit this summer through the DDP. 
Well, Paul, it's not just through the DDP. We obviously have our fingers and hands in a lot of what happens in the downtown, but it's through the partnerships that we have. And, you know, there's an organization that's near and dear to both of us, the parade company. It's returning the fireworks uh, this summer back downtown uh, after, obviously, some, you know, COVID-related impacts. That's huge for us as well as the community. Also, I think about the excitement that you and I have every every summer with the Grand Prix. This will be the last year uh, that it'll be held on on Belle Isle. Um, that obviously has been a really important aspect uh, and opportunity for the city, but it's going to be even a bigger event, and it will be an event, not just a race in the downtown coming back uh, in the center of the city in, in 2023, similar to the, the draft. Uh, the economic uptick for that is is massive, but I think the thing that is even more exciting for events that that like the draft and like the Grand Prix that are held in the core of our city, within 20 minutes we have over 16 hotels, we have over 100 restaurants and, and bars, and we have over 60 retail establishments. Those are all many of uh, many of those are small local businesses that will see direct impact and positivity through these kinds of events, and so. That's really exciting. Obviously, all of our big things like the Jazz Fest, uh, our, you know, our own downtown Detroit tree lighting in partnership with DTE, all of those are coming back. They're bigger. Um, they're more uh, cherished, I believe, uh, having come through the last two years of what our community has. And I'm very excited for many new opportunities. I mean, Visit Detroit and the Sports Commission just got off of a really successful run with the NCAA wrestling uh, championship here in the city of Detroit. We have all four major league sports venues in the downtown, very unique for a city. And we're capitalizing on all of those investments. And, and Paul, you know, you and I are, are, uh, are huge fans and um, a bit of, bit, bit of homers, but you know, I have never experienced more excitement, more energy, and more focus uh, than I have coming out of uh, the last two years that we've seen. Well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, and the same names keep coming up, and there are lots more, but it, we hear Eric Larson. You mentioned the parade. We hear about Tony Michaels. Uh, we mentioned the Grand Prix. We hear about Roger Penske and Bud Denker. And, and, the, and the 2022 Grand Prix, just around the corner, rather, literally, um, that, that brings with it a lot of exciting features, as well as, as we've discussed, the last time it will be on Belle Isle. And I see all kinds of positive uh, uh, f- I guess, tied in benefits for it being back in the streets of Detroit. Oh, it's Paul. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, not only the, the local business community that's impacted, but you know, the, the, the actual economic impact, you know, is going to be over $77 million. Uh, and I think that's woefully underestimated because I think people are not only going to make it a, a weekend event, they're going to make it a week event. And that's, I think, what we're going to see with a lot of these things, like the, the draft, where there is a, uh, a, a pre-party, you know, uh, and then, you know, a hangover well after. And I think that the other thing is uh, that w- what we can't underestimate is the ability for these events to uh, open themselves up to the public. Uh, the Grand Prix is a great example. Bud Denker and Roger Penske have made it very, very much a part of their their focus and purpose in bringing the Grand Prix back into the downtown to have 50% of that that course, that viewing area open to the public, unticketed. Um, that that just doesn't typically happen in these big, you know, sort of sporting events that are nationally televised. I mean, think about the 
two, over 2 million people that will be watching this around the world, uh, you know, the race over the course of the, the, the two days, and, and 6 million people that will be watching the draft over the three days. Uh, it just, you, you just can't, you know, underestimate, and, and in many ways you can't, you can't, you can't put a, a real value on that kind of exposure, that kind of energy, and, and that kind of excitement uh, for our city. You know, and there is always the financial benefit that we talk about with these things coming into town. Um, when you do, again, back to the Grand Prix, uh, the uh, Chevrolet Detroit uh, Grand Prix on Belle Isle uh, presented uh, by Lear Corporation, the, the, the point is when it's now on the streets of Detroit, it won't be those people, those owners, managers, hearing about the financial benefit, feeling it at a certain point in time, maybe down the road or maybe that week. It's going to happen immediately because people are going to be walking into their bar, walking into their restaurant. All of these throngs of people are not going to be walled off onto an island, which seemed like the right thing to be able to do at the time. But now we know having them wandering the streets of Detroit is a greater benefit, and we're going to see that immediately, aren't we? No, that's absolutely right, Paul, and and, and it is. I mean, there there are obviously all kinds of uh, intangible future, you know, benefits, economic benefits, as well as just sort of brand benefits. But you know, Belle Isle was really an important place to host the race. It's been a fantastic venue, not only the city but obviously the state and the DNR have been wonderful partners as as that that race has been produced. And over $13.5 million has gone into long-term you know, improvements on the island through the benefit of having that race there. So there's real sustained uh, both economic and, and social and community benefit to hosting it on Belle Isle for all those years. But bringing it back downtown, you're absolutely right. It's not just the bars and restaurants and the shops that people are going to be in. It's the hotel rooms that people are going to be staying in. And it's going to be immediate. And then the really neat thing is every dollar that is spent locally, as opposed to ordering something online or some, you know, buying something from someplace else, every dollar that is spent locally, 80% of that is the estimate that stays and gets recirculated within the community. You know, we have the ability to employ over 16,000 work hours during that, mm. you know, the, the, the weekend of the, of the Grand Prix. So again, individuals um, that are able to, you know, work this event um, are seeing the economic benefit and the return. So it is instant uh, and it is, and it is really can't be underscored the importance of it. Uh, it brings again, uh, some real important relief to what has been a really challenging couple years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think Paul, you know, we're on a trajectory to be a very, very attractive venue for a lot more. The way that the mayor has rallied around uh, the draft in particular, but every big event, not you know, including the Grand Prix, uh, is, a, is a real indication that he understands and recognizes and his administration is supportive of the, 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 the impact and, and the, the benefits of these kinds of, uh, these kinds of events. Um, it doesn't take away the need to continue to work on some of the other things that the Downtown Detroit Partnership works on every day, and that's you know, some of the systemic social and, and, and long-term sort of business um, needs and opportunities in our community. But it sure is a, lot, a, a really fun way to generate some great excitement and some incredible revenue. Absolutely right. Always a pleasure, Eric. We'll talk again soon. Great to be with you. Thank you. Eric Larson, CEO of Downtown Detroit Partnership, as we continue on Opportunity Detroit. 
Finally, uh, on Opportunity Detroit, we get to spend some time with Mark Hollis, who is the chief operating officer for Rock Ventures. He kind of ties the threads all together among the 100-plus companies in Dan Gilbert's uh, portfolio and delivering value to those companies located in Detroit, but also Cleveland, Charlotte, Phoenix, and other family of companies, communities. Of course, Rock Ventures is a for-more-than-profit organization in the heart of Detroit, dedicated to providing key services across the affiliated companies comprising the Rock family of companies I just mentioned. And you couldn't pick a better guy than Mark Hollis, the chief operating officer of Rock Ventures, and he's going to close out our opportunity, Detroit, today. Mark, always a pleasure talking with you. Well, I feel the same, Paul W. It's great to be with you, and uh, this is uh, a great show. You had two great guests, uh, and I just feel blessed to be uh, to be part of it, so well, thank you so much. We're blessed to have you and blessed to be a part of it as well. But I don't want to take for granted that everybody knows who Mark Hollis is, so for those who don't know, tell us about yourself and, and some of your background, Mark. Well, sir, I um, retired from a pretty lengthy career in, in college sports, uh, athletic director at Michigan State. Uh, and during that tenure, uh, was sort of known for coming up with some uh, some wacky uh, wacky concepts, different events that really uh, helped revolutionize sport um, as we know it with the Final Four, uh, the basketball event uh, that took place here in Detroit, the Carrier Classic. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm whoever would have thought of who would who would have thought <laughs> until you that they could play a basketball game uh, on an aircraft carrier. Right. And as you look at all those, everyone had a purpose. There was a cause or something behind it. It wasn't just to do a unique sports event, but it, you know, it was for the families of, uh, of the soldiers. Uh, and they saw their loved ones leave for months at a time and wanting to do something. And the basketball in Detroit at Ford Field was at a time when Detroit really needed something positive. So as you take that, that look of my, my past and you look at the great opportunity that, that Dan and Jennifer and um, Jay Farner have have allowed. It's kind of that same thing. There's a purpose here in Detroit. There's uh, things that are happening, whether it's in sports, entertainment, retail uh, development. I just get to work with some amazing people that have been guests of yours, like Kofi Bonner at, at Bedrock and um, Laura Graneman and, and Steve Ogden, and so many people here that are are working to make our community better, uh, to make our community more, more viable, a place to live, work, and play. And that's what's really fun uh, about the the opportunity that they've they've provided me. And isn't it great? Uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, some of the very special people. There are so many, and you realize just how many people, as individuals, are really uh, dedicated to making Detroit better to to help redefine our city. It's uh, it it gives you that great warm feeling that you know what we're worth it. We're worth redefining and getting better. And uh, and all of you guys are doing that and helping to do that. Another great example, and we talked to Bud Denker about it a moment ago and Eric Larson as well, is here we have this very important Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear, leaving Belle Isle and coming back downtown to the streets. And I, I'd love to know from your perspective and the Rock family of companies' perspective, what that looks like for you and and for the city that you guys, more than anybody, have invested so much time and money into bringing back. Well, when you look at when you look at what Bud and and Roger Penske and, and Michael and the team are doing there, 
you really need to frame it into the bigger picture of what's happening in the city, um, what Tony Michaels does with the parade company. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, you know, is, was intentionally designed to bring value to people that live, work, and play here, uh, to the residents, to bring publicity to the city. And that's what, what we're all collectively trying to do, and that's what we collaborate with with the Detroit Sports Commission and Claude Molinari and Dave Beach now and Marty Dobek and so many others is how do we frame that? So as you look at what they're doing with the Grand Prix and, and our collaboration with it, it's just moving a few miles. Yet that move, when it's on Belle Isle for many people, it might as well be in uh, you know, my hometown of Port Huron, Michigan, or in Traverse City. It's, it's distant from the, the vibrance of what downtown has, the, the hotels, the restaurants, the retail locations. Bringing it back down, and you and I both remember the 80s when, when Formula One was down here and the energy that that created bringing it back downtown from Jefferson to the riverfront and being able to stretch into the city and really give something to the residents where, where, you know, Roger and Bud and Michael are are creating these spaces that it's going to be free for residents to come in and watch much like the NFL draft is going to be free for the residents anywhere that they go. And that's the strength of the city. And then to be able to take camera lenses and project it to the world um, and let people see, you know, what we get to see every day. And it's, it's not the perception of Detroit. It's the reality of Detroit and how great this city is. Well, that's right. It, it is the reality. The perception always matters. And the perception used to be such that uh, people were not always proud to say they were from Detroit. They might have said, oh, yeah, I'm from just outside of Detroit or I live near Detroit. I remember those days, and, and I'm sure, I, I'm, well, I'm guessing, Mark Hollis, you might remember those days. But now people say with great pride they're from Detroit. And the reaction from people is not, oh, really? The reaction is, hey, uh, we're hearing a lot of good things about Detroit. How is the, how's that going for you? And we can proudly tell them it's going great. It really is. And, yeah, the the pandemic was really bad timing for a a city that was being reborn uh, and redefined. It was bad for everybody, especially tough for us. Uh, We had all kinds of new restaurants that had come into Detroit, had made the commitment, and that was very tough on them. It's been tough on all different kinds of businesses. But there is now light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a speeding train coming right at us. And so... Uh, what else, in your opinion, is is impacting uh, what is a huge rocket footprint in the city of Detroit? No, I think you said that so eloquently. And you know from my personal experience, I live um, basically a, a half a block from where I work, and I have the opportunity to see the city every night, um, to see what it's like Tuesday nights. Uh, are becoming more popular. Uh, very difficult to get into some of the locations on, on even Tuesday nights now. It, it used to be a, you know, a Friday, Saturday, and somewhat Sunday experience, and it's now expanding out, and the places are, 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 are full, and, and it's great to see that again. I agree with you. The pandemic probably hurt Detroit as much as any city in the nation because of the momentum that was there. The momentum is still here. And it's what's next with, with, you know, and in our perspective, what's happening with the Hudson site in the near future, what's happening um, in the Monroe area in the future. And those are all exciting things to be, be seen coming on the horizon. But there are other folks investing um, across our city, and that's, that's what's really going to strengthen, uh, strengthen the core of what this city is about. It's, it's an exciting time right now. It's a time you want to invest in our city. It's a time you want to live here, work here, 
Um, more people are in the offices, and the only challenge, it takes a lot longer to get your coffee in the morning. But other than that, it's, uh, it's all exciting. <laughs> you know, there's good and there's the bad. Uh, and then some people could say, well, we never used to have traffic jams like this. It's a <laughs> right. good thing. I mean, once the roads are fixed and the orange barrels aren't causing the trouble, uh, it's a good thing to have uh, the vibrancy, the life that this city uh, is experiencing as it's reborn. And you know, Mark Hollis, COO of Rock Ventures, you used an expression that people now take for granted, but I want to give credit where credit is due. That expression came right from you guys, uh, Dan Gilbert and everyone. That and, and we can't take it for granted because it means so much to say it about Detroit now, to come to Detroit, to live, work, play and stay in Detroit because people weren't doing that but are now, even if it makes it harder for you to get your cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> it really is, and it's, you know, it's a choice that, that people make uh, on each one of those categories. And, you know, I'm all in and um, had an opportunity to, to kind of go wherever I wanted after after retiring from college sports, and this is where I wanted to be. And you know, I remember the day that I sat with, with Dan and Jay, um, and they, they said, we want you here. And that was an exciting moment because I grew up just north of the city. I remember the days my dad brought me down to the city um, in good times and bad, as you, as you referenced earlier. And this city means so much to me. I believe the state of Michigan is only as good as Detroit is, and that's why uh, folks from across this great state need to, to keep the focus here uh, to make the whole part of, of Detroit more vibrant, um, more opportunities for residents. Uh, and that's that's what our team works works at diligently every day. Well, I'll tell you, that's another thing not to take for granted besides the live, work, play, and stay here in Detroit is, first of all, starting with Dan Gilbert and how bright he has been and his vision being so important. But to grab a guy like Jay Farner, who has seamlessly taken over, basically, and running these companies with and for Dan uh, indicates his uh, brilliance. But then both of them reaching out and grabbing one Mark Hollis also shows because you were, as you say, in athletics, uh, you weren't doing anything at all like what you're doing now, but they knew you could do it, and they grabbed you. I mean, they've had a very good instinct and I think good luck, too, with the people that they have chosen to be very important important on their team, uh, which includes you. So uh, I just didn't want that to go without being said. No, and I think, you know, as you look both within the Rock family of companies, but really across the city, there are so many people that I'm blessed to work with every day that, that have that drive, that have that, that vision, ambition, and execution that... Detroit's going to be better. Michigan's going to be better. But, mm -hmm. you know, from a personal standpoint, it's just a blessing to be able to work with so many wonderful people that kind of have that same drive. Yeah, it is you a blessing. You are right. Dan, Dan and Jay are amazing and um, great leaders. And, and it's, you know, even at my age, I continue to learn from both of them every day. And it's, it's, just, it's just awesome. We all do. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything. We'll look forward to another conversation soon, Mark. Thanks, Paul W. Appreciate you. Mark Hollis, the COO of Rock Ventures. Thanks to Mark. To Bud Denker, chairman of the Detroit Grand Prix and president of Penske Corporation. Eric Larson as well, CEO of Downtown Detroit Partnership. Until next time, I'll talk to you in the morning. Regards, Paul W. Smith.